Hey, welcome back Rooftop Nation. We're gonna pick up with part two of Iron Sharpens Iron, or if you like, Finding Your Iron. Um, I introduced this in our last module, the old, the old uh, biblical phrase that iron sharpens iron. You know, um, I've always loved that because I do believe it really is metaphorical for the people that we surround ourselves with. Um, my experience has been that if you put yourself shoulder to shoulder with people who are aligned with what you believe and who are pushing themselves to play that higher game, who demonstrate R4 in particular, regimen, ritual, rigor, and recovery, and they are you know, purpose-based, there is really no ceiling for what you can fulfill on. Uh, let me give you an example, okay? This is just an example. But when I came out of the military, uh, I was really kind of lost. I, I, I knew who I was as a Green Beret. And when my feet hit the floor every morning for 20, almost 23 years, I knew exactly who I was. My voice was clear. My point of view was clear. My purpose was clear. And I was executing at the highest level. Then when I transitioned into the military some, or out of the military, somehow I felt like my identity was lost. My purpose was no longer what it used to be. And I was just floating like four feet off the earth, you know? disconnected from everything around me. But I knew that there was something for me in the realm of storytelling. I loved storytelling. I loved the every aspect of it, the way it made me feel when I was doing it, whether it was around a fire pit like this with elders in a Southwest Asian village or whether it was on the stage. The, the art and science of storytelling was magnificent to me. It had me fully expressed and I had never felt more connected but I knew that all I had was instinct. And I was pretty good, but I wanted to be relevant. I wanted to be the most relevant storyteller in the world. I wanted to be able to serve story. I wanted to be generous with my scars and you know, take the, the struggle from the battlefield and put it into positive use. I wanted to be able to lay my weapons down and serve something other than combat from the lessons I had learned from such great warriors. And what I did was I surrounded myself with mentors. I found people who were fantastic storytellers. Uh, Bo Eason, for example, former NFL football player, uh, turned playwright, turned actor, off-Broadway, one-person show, global presence coach, an amazing speaker. I went up to him and I said, I really want to train with you and work with you. Now, People ask me all the time, and, and it changed my life, by the way. Bo did work with me. He trained me personally. He developed me over years and even was the, the driving force on the civilian side for me to do the play and the film Last Out. I, I look to him and I give him a lot of credit as my mentor. But how did I gain Bo as my mentor? How did I gain... Stephen Pressfield as my mentor? How did I gain Sean Coyne as my mentor? The approach that I've always taken on that is that I'm always trying to serve a purpose bigger than me, for starters. You know, if it's a transactional thing that's about me uh, or my ego, I found that A, that's the wrong approach, and B, no one wants to mentor that. And if they do, they're probably the wrong people and you're probably on the wrong goal. Um, so I always want to be crystal clear on the higher purpose that I'm serving. And I want to look for people as mentors who have similar belief systems and who are pursuing similar things. 
You know, Bo Eason is a big, big proponent of leadership. He's a big proponent that nobody else is coming. He's a big proponent of warrior storytelling. And so when I went to him, I said, Bo, how can I play my position for you? Right. And I volunteered to go on the road and speak at his events about my experience uh, in low trust villages and how storytelling saved lives. And I did that because I just wanted to work with him, not for revenue or anything else, because I knew that what he could mentor me on could change everything in my game. So the first thing that I did was look for ways to contribute to Bo, to add value to his life. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. If you're looking for a mentor today, first ask yourself, what's their pain? What are their goals? And how can you address those and at least offer to with complete sincerity? Because here's the thing, most mentors get asked all the time and it's usually from a place of ego and self-advancement. But if you can put, make it about them first, that's a very powerful thing. Now, if you are the guide in the story and you've run the miles and you've already been in the belly of the whale, what I always look for when I look for um, people to mentor, man, I love the underdog. I love the person that's below the waterline, that's sticking and moving, that's, you know, that's not afraid to push up against the dragon, right? That, that has a narrative and a vision bigger than themselves and isn't afraid to punch above their weight. You know, and maybe they're not as polished. Maybe they're not as dynamic because frankly, I see myself in that. You know, I was at a very low point in my life when Bo chose me. So I try to look for those qualities. I look for someone who is, who is regimented, who's going to do the work and who's going to take the coaching, right? One of the worst things I think we can do as mentors is to take people on who we have to convince to take the coaching. That's friggin' insane. Think about it. It makes no sense. Right? When we're going to mentor someone, if they, if they want to work with us because of the miles and scars we've accumulated, then there should be complete understanding that they're at least going to take the coaching, implement, and then adjust from there and make it their own. So those are just a few thoughts on that. And frankly, you know, as mentors, I think it's an inherent responsibility that we have to develop leadership and skill set and tool sets and mindsets in the people that we want to be our legacy. I talk about leaving tracks all the time, how my dad left these indelible impressions in the earth, right? And, and, and he's still doing that through his work with the American chestnut tree. Well, you know what he's doing right now? He's mentoring a young guy named Jacob who will step in and take over for him when he leaves this earth. And I think that's the beauty of mentorship. It's another form of leaving tracks. It's legacy based. It's a way to pour ourselves into the people who we believe are going to leave tracks as well. So those are just a few thoughts on mentorship. The last thing I want to wrap up on uh, Finding Your Iron Part 2 here is when we mentor and when we ask for mentorship, let's be real careful about not allowing that primal driver of status or ego to get in the way. If we are a mentor, let's make sure that we don't mentor because of our own ego and that we don't create that God complex in the people we serve. That is very damaging and it can do a lot of harm. You know, there are times in my life where I mentored, where I felt like I probably went too far with the coaching and looking back on it because I was young or naive or just full of my own crap, I should have, I should have been less about me. And as I get older and a little bit longer in the tooth, I try not to do that. I try to really think about how do I pour myself into this person 
and, and really work myself out of a job and let them take the reins. If you are a mentee and you're seeking that mentor, again, the ego can get in the way. The more you make it about you, the more you make it about being the best at something or transactional, right? And there's no relevance associated with it. It really is off-putting to someone who's run a lot of miles and is willing to pour themselves into you if the only thing at the epicenter of it is how you look at the end of the day. So there you go. There's some thoughts on mentorship. I hope it serves because I'm telling you, we've got to forge our own iron in the arena in this time of churn. Thanks for what you do and I'll see you on the rooftop.